today on the Tearsheet Podcast. That is the journey that we're on because, you know, a fintech doesn't necessarily have to create a bank. They can have collaborative innovation with a bank. And the coexistence of those two is a very powerful equation. I'm Zach Miller, Editor-in-Chief of Tearsheet. The following was produced by Tearsheet Studios. We worked with payments provider Fiserv to create a podcast series about open finance and the work of empowering fintechs, brands, and FIs to collaborate and innovate together. In our fifth conversation in the series, we're speaking to Naranjan Ramaswani, Vice President and General Manager of Embedded Fintech at Fiserv. As we continue talking about the evolution of open finance, Naranjan shares how Fiserv is helping developers create amazing experiences as they bridge the gap between fintechs and FIs. Uh, my name is Niranjan Ramaswamy, and I'm part of the fintech division here at Fiserv. Been at Fiserv for over a dozen years. And as you know, Fiserv is one of the original fintechs. Um, we've been serving banks, credit unions, and merchants. A couple of years ago, you know, fintechs and banks and credit unions, they looked at each other as competitors. And uh, recently what has happened is they have realized that collaborating amongst themselves is actually a better game than competing with each other. And so we're starting to see those worlds come together more and more. And the consumer is starting to benefit with it. And uh, so I got a front and center seat because I am the general manager of the embedded fintech segment. And what embedded fintech means is, is when fintechs want to embed themselves with banks, there is a certain movement that's happening in front of us, right? And uh, it's exciting to see that um, when, you, when you start to bring fintech and bank tech together. So the, the way that journey starts, Zach, is uh, with the developers and the tech part of both those organizations. And so that demographic is becoming as important of a client to us as bankers. And I'm looking forward to you know, discussing that today and, and describe what we're doing in that space. Absolutely. And Ram, I can appreciate the shift in, in organizationally, institutionally, what it takes to work with these, this, this new group of companies, fintechs, and, and the developers behind it. And I know we've been taking a deep dive into open finance with this series of podcasts with Fiserv. And today we're talking about one particular audience that has come to the forefront in the discussion about open finance, and that's the developer community. So as open finance emerges as the next evolution of financial services, why has there been such a focus on the developer? You know, when open banking came into force in 2018, and not really a little bit before that, and they started with the open API movement, and it was really focused on payments and aggregation, and that's still maturing. But one thing it did is it caused also this fintech boom. It really created this sort of AWS moment with fintechs. And, uh, you know, what that means is, you know, when AWS created at the start of the whole as a service movement with storage, it reduced the amount of capital that a, that a company has to invest uh, to start up because they could just lease storage infrastructure as a service. And so with, fin, with what, what open banking and open APIs did is the same thing for fintechs where it reduced the amount of capital because they could not start to get API as a service, financial functionality as a service. And we've seen that boom over the, you know, over the last so many years, at least to 2021, where fintechs were growing and growing and growing. And, and even in 22, I think... Um, one in every five VC funding was for a fintech. And I think in the, until the second quarter, there's been at least $20 billion worth of funding in fintechs. So, you know, what that really means is as 
fintechs are maturing from, you know, whether it's open banking to open finance, they are creating incredibly fascinating experiences. And, and, and like I said, you know, bank tech is also growing up. And where that all starts really, why this is important is you have the developer community, the demographic within these two organizations. And what they're trying to do is find the digital pieces to the puzzle that they're sort of putting together. You know? And once you start to understand that, uh, you know, we start to realize that we have to make it easy for them to put that puzzle together and not, not be, be burdensome or not be complicated. And, uh, and this is a significant shift for even Pfizer, because as you know, you know, we have served banks and credit unions you know, in the community market. And a lot of those banks and credit unions look to us to provide that tech stock because they don't have huge technology stocks. And they rely on us for that technical expertise. And what we've done is offered deep vertical technology financial stacks that have been integrated. And that's worked so far. And, and our shift really is now to provide more of that horizontal stock that en enhances uh, more of a uh, you know, collaborative innovation so that these two, you know, FinTech and BankTech to come to each other. So really developers uh, have become a central figure, like I said, as important as the banker, and look as, at them as a demographic of customers, except we're serving them different assets for them to you know, create that journey. That's very interesting. And, I, and Ram, I appreciate the, uh, the metaphor of puzzle. Uh, I guess from Pfizer's perspective, you have to first puzzleize the offering uh, and then understand what it takes to deliver that, working, working with the, this new uh, end consumer in that sense. So maybe we can drill down on that. So what, what's important to working with developers? What, what kind of drives them? What, is, what does an ideal experience look like for them from your perspective? So what we're starting to see, and we're, we're also you know, watching and learning some of this, when you, you know, fintechs are exceptionally good at ideation. Okay? And so when they're ideating, uh, they may have a main strategy on what they want to do, but their developers are also ideating on a number of side projects. So it's not just one thing. They're, they're doing proof of concepts. Uh, they're doing a number of things. Some of it may work, some of it may not work, but they're moving very fast and they're creating all these other assets, it could be, you know, they have a main project, but they have a side project to do monitoring or enhancing the experience or whatever it is. So, so they come at us with, with an assortment of, 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 of projects and, and things that they want to do. And once we start to realize that, you know, what we want to do is entertain all of it. We don't want to stop any of it. And that's a little bit tricky. So whether they want to create a virtual account or a debit card or create a crypto account or create an FB account, you know, all of the above may be part of one strategy that they're doing. It's important for us to understand all of that and serve the assets that do all of that. It could be a core banking asset, could be a card asset, could be a funds transfer asset, could be a KYC asset. You have to bring all of that together. And very often the, the, from the FinTech, they're very good at tech, but sometimes not that good at fin. So it's our obligation to educate them on the thin aspect of the tech as well and help them navigate that experience. So you know, those are some of the um, uh, things that we're doing here at Fiserv. And the other thing is traditionally, this process has not been self-serve and automated, right? You have other companies, that, especially when you go across segments. So there are companies that, do, that are reasonably good at doing it in payments or cards or aggregation. But with FITEC, it's, with FISA, it's all of the above, right? It's all of the above. 
and that has traditionally been services based. So you know we have to make sure that it's it's automated. I mean, we you know I'll give you an analogy. If you know we today live in an age where you don't have to sit for six hours if you want to buy a car and sign a sheet of papers. You can have four clicks and order a car, and it shows up at your doorstep. The development experience has to be that simple, really, so that they can get to the end game as as fast as they want. Versus trying to figure out you know what it is that we have in terms of our assets. So we're working on a lot of this to enhance the development, and it's not easy, but it's 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 a fun it's a fun place to be, and uh, I'm lucky to have a front row seat for some of it. I want to double click on on the not easy part that you just referred to. So you know when when I look at our industry, you know there are just a handful of companies that that have done this successfully. Um, it's sort of a new it's a new paradigm at at the scale that you guys are doing it. So, but why is it such a challenge to be able to work with developers? Like, what's preventing you know, every tech company from giving developers exactly what they need to do to do their thing. The the average consumer, I think, has about three to five apps, right? Could be more, right? So they may have, you know, they have their traditional banking app in their bank. And in addition to that, they may have, a let's say, a PFM app, a crypto app, a wealth management app, and you know, an HSA app, one of three to five apps. So from the consumer's perspective, now you're in a situation where, you know, you maybe not be able to see your fintech bank accounts through your banking channel, as an example. So we're starting to get this feedback of, uh, you know, let me just call it an omni fintech experience, where you want to see all of that in a central place. And fintechs sometimes don't focus on that. They're, 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 they're coming through a, through a niche play and saying, this is what we want to do. And we have to educate them that, hey, the consumer has other channels in the bank by which they manage and move their money. Uh, there are still some branches in the you know, in the U.S., and so that you know you got to be able to access your experience through there, not just through the app that they have, and definitely through your digital and mobile banking channels, right? And so we have to guide sometimes the fintechs through this omni fintech experience. Say, hey, as you're crafting your experience, the way you amplify what you're doing is by also you know adjusting to what the consumer is already used to and familiar with, so that they can. They can they can they can do what they want to do, and that takes a little bit of guidance, and that's some of the challenges because financial services is complex. And then where that sort of leads to Zach is is something like security and consent and consent management, because you know banking is about linking depositors and borrowers, but it's also the business of providing trusted services around your money, right? So trust as a service is something that every bank looks at, uh, because if they lose that, then they lose their brand, right? So, uh, you know, with, with now with the advent of CCPA and GDPR and, and, you know, and then also the rulemaking with the, the CFPB, a lot of that is going to get hardened. And so as a consumer, for you to provide consent to access your account and the bank being regulated and, you know, if, if, we, if the GDPR thing comes into play, controllers are going to get regulated. So the FinTech will be a controller. So this is going to cover them as well as processors. So for us to now educate FinTech saying, hey, it's not just about accessing just an API to get your account. You have to make sure you account for the, for the account holder's consent in being able to do our entitlements. Uh, and FinTechs don't always think that way. I think they're aware of it. That brings, I don't know if complexity is, is the right word, but brings another lens into how you produce the right experience. Actually, I have a follow-up question with that. And um, I can appreciate how big an endeavor that is. Um, helping them, helping the fintechs navigate, you know, sort of the this new regulatory environment. 
um, which includes permissioning. But but does does this trend of bundling and unbundling also play into the work that you're doing with this fintechs? Like, I, what we've seen is a lot of fintechs launch like sort of a monoline product, and as their customers want to expand their relationship with them, they start to launch new things that maybe they're not as 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 core to what they do. And and Fiserv spans a lot of different things. So is there is there some value that Fiserv provides in helping the fintechs expand, I guess, into new products as well? That's a great question. Um, and it, it's it's starting to grow. I mean, I love the word you use, monoline, right? Uh, because when a, a fintech starts somewhere in that monoline world, and then as they start to diversify their portfolio, you know, they may start in crypto and then start to offer bill pay and cards. You know, wherever they start, they start to expand that portfolio. They start thinking about those those multi-line uh, assets as well. And it goes in different ways because, uh, you know, if they have come, if they have started their journey on a sponsor bank, as they diversify their portfolio, they may want to diversify their sponsor bank portfolio as well, right? And, and even if they stay on one bank, they may want to diversify the, the way they provide those experience through whatever channels that they're coming to, whether they're embedding themselves, they may want to embed themselves in a banking channel, or they want to have may have a complementary app. However, they choose to amplify their experience. They may want to provide that app through a marketplace, you know, a marketplace app um, that's out there, or partner with another fintech, and so they combine those assets as well. That starts to now, you know, create this multi-line omni sort of experience, and we're starting to see that it's not it's not mature because there's some complexity in terms of security, but but we're starting to see that sort of mature sort of grow up very quickly. And so where that trend starts to go is a couple of options. Uh, you know, you start, you can get a lot of these from one provider like us. So uh, we have the capability of bringing to forth, to forth a number of sponsor banks if, if a FinTech wants to diversify their portfolio. Uh, and we have a lot of banks that want to get into this space as well, as well as channels. So, uh, you know, this is something that's uh, manifesting itself in front of our eyes as well. Uh, and we're watching it. And we have some ideas of how to help the fintechs and banks because it, it's both sides of the equation. You know, there's one bank that may want many fintechs. There's one fintech that may want many sponsor banks. So bringing those that collaboration together, there's a little bit of an art and a science, right? And how you bring that together for the end consumer. And the other thing is there are a lot of fintechs that provide experiences for the banker, for the CFO of a bank, for the call center of a bank. For, for the IT department of the bank. So the other side of the equation must also be encountered in the totality of this experience. So, you know, definitely we see that coming together. Um, and, uh, but it starts with the developer because they're the ones that are crafting this. I want to come back to sponsor banks, particularly. You just mentioned that, Ram. Like, you know, I, I think in, in sort of early versions of, of FinTech, we saw, you know, a, a very important, very strong reliance upon a single sponsor bank. Um, is there value? Do you see value in connecting to multiple uh, bank sponsor banks as a fintech expands? Yeah, absolutely. And there's many reasons why they want to do. I mentioned, uh, uh, you know, uh, a fintech may want to diversify their portfolio, and for that particular portfolio, I mean, let's say they started in a PFM and they're branching into crypto. Now, that may influence them to have two different sponsor banks for those two offerings, and not consolidate. Or the bank may not want to be. The bank that they have may, may not want to be offering, you know, uh, crypto finance. So, so the fintech themselves may be, uh, you know, going across banks. Um, there's a there's a there's a Durban effect as well, uh, based on growth. Why, uh, you know, a fintech may want to go across banks, or a bank may not want to increase 
you know, past that one inflection point. And, you know, the way I, I look at this whole phenomenon, you know, earlier I said FinTech is having its very AWS moment, but, um, you know, banking is sort of having its Intel inside moment, where rather than go direct to consumer, you know, they are providing their services through the FinTech experience. And they're starting to realize that, right? And so as they take on that sort of strategy, banks are trying to figure out, you know, what, 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 and what kind of Intel inside strategy they want. And, and as you know, there's a transformation required there because you know, that analogy is important because you know, Intel moved from memory chips to, to, C, to CPUs. So banks have to decide traditional banking to open finance banking, you know, however you want to call that. And as modern banks start to get into that rhythm, you know, what you just described starts to happen. FinTechs have choices of whether it's their geographical choices, demographic choices, market segment choices, strategic choices. So there's various reasons we start, they start, we're starting to see where these banks want to go, you know, across many sponsor banks. And one of the things that we've done is in our investment in FinZac and, and our acquisition over there, because that's a platform, an innovative platform that helps everyone FinTech with these sort of Intel inside approach. Um, you know, and how power that strategy. So definitely a very exciting time to be in the financial services space. Absolutely. There's so much happening and so many trends that um, are kind of hitting the market at once. I'd love to, uh, you know, bring, as, as our conversation comes to a close, ask you really focusing on Pfizer, what Pfizer is doing to, to power these types of powerful experiences. Absolutely. So I mentioned that investment in Finzac, right? To, to, to sort of jumpstart that journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, for us, really, it's 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 that starts with that shift with, with the developer in mind because you know that is our client. The fintech is also our client, and how do we serve? And how do how do we make it easy for them to start their journey with us? Whether they're exploring, whether they're proof of concept thing, or they're actually building a product. And when they build a product, you know, how do they how do they get a sponsor bank? And if they come to us and say, hey, we want a sponsor bank, we should be able to provide them with those choices as well. So. You know, whether it's a developer portal or an app market or storefronts, um, in my building shopping carts, um, you know, everything that we associate with cloud really today, it's how do you create that easy as a service, you know, sponsor bank as a service, trust as a service experience. And there's various manifestations of that, Zach, there's been various ways to do that. But really that is the journey that we're on because, you know, a FinTech doesn't necessarily have to create a bank. They can have collaborative innovation with a bank. And the coexistence of those two is a very powerful equation. And so if you, if you think about that, um, that is what we're trying to sort of nurture, you know, uh, with, our, with our various approaches. So um, I'm curious to know if organizationally, how Fiserv has evolved to be able to service the, the developer community internally. Skill sets, people, you know, CS, CSA level type stuff, I, I'm, I'm curious. So first, um, you know, we launched a developer portal uh, last year. So we've got an excellent workforce. We started to invest in that. Um, um, we, um, and there's a, there's a huge team out here at Fiserv that is, that is living and breathing on how to serve the developer community. I mentioned we started the FinTech and growth segment. Uh, so that was, a format, that was a formal approach on how to look at this market segment and, and then and associated with that, but also sort of recruiting, you know, to be able to serve these new markets. Um, 
we uh, recently created our, our, our innovation park in, in Berkeley Heights, New Jersey. It's a brand new facility, which is focused. It's, a, it's, a, it's one of our best FinTech hubs. And we put it in that location for all the right reasons. It's a, it's a fantastic place to be. So these are a lot of the investments we're doing. And honestly, to write on your question a little bit, Zach, you know, we are now getting exposed or we're uh, partnering with a lot of fantastic developers all over the world. So we want to do this the right way because that's really also a great recruitment tool for us. When we meet these people and we show them what we can do, it's also a way for us to impress them. So for them to come and want to work for us. Oh, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Um, and I, my final question, really, Ram, is, is, is you know, talking to you, it, it, I feel like I'm, I'm talking to somebody with experience. Almost, almost, you have a certain nuance or sensitivity to like the bigger picture of what's happening um, in the industry. And so I'm kind of curious though, like just for you personally, like what gets you fired up and, and excited to come to work? What, do you, what, what really engages you? What part of your job does? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, it, it's sort of what I said, you know, I, I am lucky to be on the front line of this whole financial services movement because not only am I getting connected with so many innovative, fantastic companies around the world uh, in, in terms of the fintech space. Because as you know, we were working with uh, a lot of banks and credit unions, and that's a wonderful world. But now there's so much innovation going on and the people that that innovation brings. And, uh, and to be quite frank, you know, they are thinking about things that we haven't thought about. And that sparks your mind. And that gets you fired up because you, know, you have aha moments every day. Every day. And it challenges you to put together that puzzle because you start to see pieces. And we can talk to five fintechs and from our perspective, figure out how to bring them together to create something even better that they haven't thought about. And that's really the motivation factor because we see that all the time. And uh, it's really a fun journey to be in the space and in that place at this point. Thank you for joining us on the Tearsheet Podcast today, Ron. Hey, thanks, Jack. I had a blast and thank you for having me on. Thank you.